0: The book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, we've been talking about uh, our journey to be disciples, uh, learners of Christ, followers of Christ. Uh, in order to be witnesses that he calls us to be in this world, uh, we, first have to, we first have to learn of him. Uh, that is the reason he called the 12 disciples. That is the reason he had the apostles. That is the reason that he had uh, just countless disciples follow him from time to time. The Bible used the words multitudes oftentimes. Um, but then, whenever it all boiled down to it, they all forsook him uh, so we're we we're, we're looking at we're looking at our journey to become disciples, but our journey to become true disciples uh to follow Jesus and to be witnesses of Jesus, no matter what uh, and in order to reach that point, we can 't just all of a sudden become pers- uh, perfect and awesome and wonderful disciples that is a journey. Uh, and so we, we've we kind of looked at, at how we're getting here, how we value the gospel. Tonight, we're going to look at, at ourselves. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 5, we're going to read one verse, in verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us with the health and strength. Be safe here again today. God, thank you for the wonderful day you've blessed us with, everything you've given us, everything you've done for us. God, help us that we can be ever thankful, ever mindful of where our blessings come from. God, I pray for those that asked interest in our prayers this evening. God, be with those facing tests and surgery, those dreaded diseases. God, I pray that you have mercy on, on the lost most of all, that they can see their need of a Savior. God, help us tonight as we look into your word and as we would examine our relationship with you. God, help us that it wouldn't be a one-sided conversation. God, help us that not only could we talk to you through prayer, but we would allow you to talk to us through your word. God, help us so we could open our hearts that we'd be willing to receive what you have to say to us through your Holy Spirit and through your word. God, be with us tonight. Continue to bless this church. You know what everyone stands in need of. Forgive us for we fail you. Thank you most of all for your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at at, at the, the all things become new uh, aspect of it tonight. Because the first step on discipleship is salvation. And then acceptance of salvation is faith in the gospel. And so the last couple of weeks we've talked about the gospel and what that means. And so today we're going to take the next step forward, and that is us becoming new creatures. I know I'm not talking to everybody that's just been saved here recently, uh, but I think we all can, uh, can kind of backtrack our life just a little bit and and learn from uh, from the words of Paul here. Whenever he says that, uh, if any man be in Christ, it don't say if any man be new in Christ. It says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Whether we're in Christ today or we've been in Christ for twenty years, we're still that new creature. We're not the same person that we was before salvation. We're not supposed to be. We're supposed to be changed. We're supposed to be different. Old things are passed away. The things of the flesh are passed away. Behold, I love that next word. All things are made new. Our attitude, our demeanor, our uh, outlook on life, the way we value education, the way we value God's word, the way we witness to other people, the way, uh, let's see if I can use correct English, the outspokenness of us is changed. It's, It's all things have become new. And so whenever we begin this this journey of home discipleship, we we have to value this newness. And I I love using the word value and, and I think I talked about it Sunday just a little bit because whenever we place something in value, we understand what that means because we all understand what money is and how it has different values. And in the same way, whenever we begin to place a value on God's word, it should be innumerable. It should be invaluable. It should be something that that we place as far as value goes above everything else. And so, whenever we begin looking at at new things, who who doesn't like new? When I got my new truck, I loved it. Oh, the smell was just fantastic. When me and me and Emily moved into the new house down there, it was it was great. We weren't cramped up anymore. It, we wasn't living right on the highway anymore. New things were great and wonderful, but eventually, new things become old. The good thing is, God's word never becomes old. We may have it for a while, but it never does become old. Faith is as much about the future as it is about the past. Whenever we begin to talk about our salvation, I believed, past tense, in Jesus. I was saved, I was baptized, and I began to walk with Christ. Whenever we tell someone about our salvation, most of the time I'm guilty of it myself, we use past tense. We use past tense. Our faith is not about what's in the past as much as it's what about it. our faith is not about what's in the past as much as what's in the future. If we're going to have faith to the saving of our soul, we have to have faith that God will guide us on our walk with Him. And so whenever we got saved, we're still saved. It's not past tense. It's it's not something that's dead and gone. It's not something that's done away with. Whenever we began to walk with Christ, we should still be walking with Christ. It's not something that changes. It's not something that goes away. And whenever we become this new creature, we're stuck with this new creature. If we allow God to use us, that's a very, very good place to be stuck. Because the old man and the the, the fleshly natures that we battle with, and, and we'll still battle with them. But they're a whole lot easier whenever we allow God to lead us. And so we're going to look tonight just a little bit. Go ahead and turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ephesians. We're going to look at the, the new life, the new standing that we have with God, and then the new identity that God gives us. If you look in the book of Ephesians, in verse two, excuse me, in chapter 2, book of Ephesians in chapter 2, we're going to read several verses right here to understand where we came from where we were and how we obtained i'm sorry how we were given because we didn't obtain it we were given this new life book of ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 and you have he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sin that's us that's me that's you if you're here and saved you were dead in trespasses and sin i was dead in trespasses and sin dead means without life Where in times past you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Whenever we were dead to sin, we had no life of Christ within us. We had no value to God as far as being able to be used in this world because we were dead. There was was nothing to us. But up there in verse 1, it says, You hath he quickened. You see that past tense right there? He hath quickened us. We were dead in trespasses and sin. We're in time past, gone again. All of this is pointing to the new life, to the, the new person that we have become. Verse 3, Among whom also we had all our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, whereby the nature and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. God pulled us from a terrible place. Not only this, if, if you reread those two verses, that's what hell's going to look like. If, we, if, if you're here in Lawson and you continue to walk according to the course of this world, the Bible says that broad is the way, wide is the gate, and... Yeah, broad is the way. It's a big road and a big gate, To paraphrase, if we stay the way of this world, we're not going to end up in that beautiful city. We're not going to see the street of gold. We're not going to walk through the pearly gates. But praise the Lord, we are the ones that he hath quickened. And he calls us for a mission. He says, but God, verse four, here is salvation. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin. Even when we were unlovable, even when we didn't follow him, even when we didn't have faith in him, even when we were undeserving, still undeserving, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you're saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to get off on, on what I think things mean because it don't matter what I think, it's about what the word of God says. But whenever I read this verse, to me, it, it it I equate sitting together in heavenly places and joining in a spiritual church service. That's what I equate, sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Because whenever we gather together and, and we have a worship service, Jesus is here with us. The Holy Spirit dwells with us. And whenever we begin to sit, and, and, and you can tell, and I've, I've been in churches that, that were... Were difficult to sit in because you you could tell that that, that it was just different. And then you, you with me and Miss Marietta was talking the other day. You, there's some church services that even before the preacher stands up, you can tell it's a special place to be. It's a wonderful place to be. It should be that way every time. It should be that way every service because us, he raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. How much kindness has he showed us today? Not counting yesterday. and Not counting the hurricane. Just today. What has God done for us? I use the word everything because I, I can't list it. I can't name it. I have no idea what God has kept me out of today. I have no idea the things that He has has blessed me to go around. That He might show us, that He might show us the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Verse eight, for by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship. And whenever we consider it to be someone's workmanship, when I build things it's it's usually new. Even if I refinish it, I claim it as new as mine, because I put work and time into it. God would love to put work and time into us if we would let him. But sometimes we have attitude like that old knotty piece of pine that you can't do nothing with. That's all warped and twisted and it, it looked like they, they got the, the lumber for that particular board out of a, a log jam somewhere. It's just, it's just unworkable. Sometimes we have that attitude about us. I'm guilty myself. Sometimes we have that attitude. And in order to, to obtain this new life that God has promised us, we, we have to work them kinks out. We have to surrender ourselves, not only unto salvation, we have to surrender our life as a living sacrifice to God. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We're not supposed to live like it says in verse 2, in times past according to the course of the world. We're supposed to be out of that. We're supposed to be a new creature, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained, that we should walk in them. If we're going to be disciples of God, we we have to obey His Word. We have to obey Him. We have to walk in newness of life. We have to walk as a new creature. We have to walk as somebody that is different. And our new shouldn't get old. When I bought this watch, it it was new. It was wonderful. I loved it. Now it's got cracks and scratches and little bitty dots where I was welding and some sparks hit it. It's, it's not new anymore. But our salvation and, and our relationship with God don't wear out like a watch does. Don't wear out like a pair of shoes does. It's something that, that we're created in, Christ Jesus, which is perfect, unto good works that we should strive to perfection. Turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 4. If your Bible has very little words like mine, you don't have to turn. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. Having understood, excuse me, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling and giving themselves over to lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. If we allow ourselves to slip, this is where we'll end up he's talking about the world here he's talking he's talking about the gentiles here he's talking about the world the, the the people that are unsaved the people outside the church that we are to be living if you lay down with the dogs you get fleas if you live among the world and allow yourself to be captivated by the world if we allow ourselves to be influenced by the world then we will become part of the world we're not supposed to be we're supposed to be set apart In verse 22, it says that ye, putting off concerning the former conversation of man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. God gave us a second chance. He wiped the slate clean in our soul. Our soul will never sin again. It is perfect. Washed by the blood. He gave us a second chance in our life as well to walk according to his word. Putting off the former man, the old, the former conversation, the old man. Why don't we put it off? Because it is corrupt, according to the deceitful lust. Turn with me back, if you would. We're just going to look back at Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 4. We're made alive. We're taken from this place where, where, oh man, this verse will tell you apart. Verse 18, that, that we're alienated from the life of God through the ignorance and the blindness of our heart. But in Ephesians 2 and verse 4, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, but God. My kids at school get on to me because I use the word but all the time. Hey, everybody gets a perfect A plus 100, but you got to earn it. They hate it. That's a big word. It's three letters, but it's a big word. It can change everything. It did for us. Because we were alienated. We were dead in trespasses and sin. We were given over to this world. But, but God, who is rich in love, excuse me, who is rich in mercy and great for his great love, wherewith he loved us, has quickened us together with Christ. He's given us a second chance. He's given us a new chance. He's given us a new mission. He's given us a new opportunity. And we will be good not to squander that opportunity to turn with me if you would to the book of romans book of romans in chapter five not only is he giving us a new opportunity he's given us a, a new job to do he's given us something that, that 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 we've never had before he gave us a standing with jesus and oftentimes we're compared to being under the blood. The church is, is considered to be the bride of Christ. And, and we're, whenever we're saved and we walk with God, we enter into a relationship with Him. And all of these things we never had as, as lost people. We never had the opportunity for a relationship. Even if your name is on the church roll, if, if you're lost, you're not part of the bride of Christ. In Romans in chapter 5, verse 1, therefore, Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we receive, excuse me, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have access by faith into this grace. If we don't have faith, are we going to continue to have access to the grace of God? God will forgive sins if we ask but not if we have other things hindering our relationship first not if disbelief is getting in our way the statement has been made that, that someone can't pray because their their, their prayers hit the ceiling there's something, there's, there's something wrong between them and God there's something in their life that they, they had not gotten straight yet there's an opportunity that we may have missed There's something that we may have done that nobody else in the world saw, but God did. And now that is standing between us and that access to grace. Because we have to have faith enough to believe that if we ask God, He will forgive us. We have to have faith enough to believe that if we come before God and confess that that He will, by His grace, forgive us. And hopefully we're intelligent enough to learn from those mistakes. And not only so, verse 3, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For, we, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Whenever we were hopeless, Jesus came for us. Whenever things get tough and and get difficult, Jesus came for us. Why can we not smile through these things? If you read the back of the book, you you know what's going to happen. We win! So whenever trials and tribulations come, we still have access to God through this faith. We have access to his grace through this faith. And not only that, Paul says here, we glory in tribulations. Do we? Or to just Paul? The Bible says to be thankful for all things. And for Ed said in Sunday school last week, he said, when you hit yourself on the hand with a hammer, do you say, thank you, God? It may have woke you up and kept you from cutting your hand off in just a minute. We're too worried about the finger to say thank you to realize and understand that God knows best and if he puts us through a through a trial or a tribulation, <laughs> it is for our good uh, Miss Shirley was talking to me, and I hope she don't mind me using her she she said the therapy was working on her and 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 therapy is difficult it especially if if with with joints and all and, and I went through therapy on my arm one time and and it's the therapist's job to make it hurt. It really is. It's the therapist's job to make it hurt. But it's supposed to make it better. And, and one quote is, no pain, no gain. But whenever they were sitting there twisting on my shoulder all different kind of ways, it, 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 it made me tear up. I mean, it hurt. No doubt whenever Miss Shirley's going through this, it, it's painful. But it's better on the other side. It's, it's better whenever, whenever it's all said and done and the, the therapist did his job and then mobility returns. Sometimes it's that way with God. It may hurt whenever we squash our finger with the hammer, but we woke up. We realize that, that we're holding the nail wrong or we're not paying attention and watching that, watching that nail. All too many times we get to the point that we want to fuss and gripe about hitting ourselves with the finger and we don't understand that God is trying to show us something. Trying to wake us up. Trying to to strengthen us. Trying to work on our patience. I heard a man say this past week, we were standing there talking. He said, I don't pray for patience. I don't want to pray for patience. It's a difficult thing to pray for patience because you understand that, that God is not going to say... You're patient. God is going to give you an opportunity to be patient. That is a difficult thing for us. Whenever we pray for for faith, God is not going to boom more faith. He's going to give us an opportunity to be more faithful. And a lot of times that is something difficult for us because it requires us to grow. And growing pains hurt. It requires us to change oftentimes to become more forgiving. To become more outspoken. To become more diligent in our witness. To become more faithful in our Bible reading. To become more vocal in our prayer life. To become more stubborn whenever it comes to telling people about Christ. They require growing pains. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be simple. But Paul said we glory in tribulations verse 8 but God commendeth his love toward us seeing that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us and a lot of people say and and I've heard it said and and I'm not going to knock anybody that says it this way that Christ died so we could all go to heaven yes absolutely Christ died so we could go to heaven but it's not our mission to get saved and sit down it's not where it stops we're not supposed to get saved and sit down That's the beginning of the road, not the end. Yes, that is Christ's ultimate goal, to atone for our sins, to bear our cross, to get judged for our hell. But that's where his duty and and his uh, fulfillment for that sacrifice stopped with him rising from the grave. And that's where our journey began. That's where our journey started. Because as we were told about Christ, as we were preached the gospel to, as, as God revealed himself to us, we are to be that person that reveals Christ to other people. Or at least tries. We are to be that person who goes and tells everyone that God commendeth his love to you. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In the education department, they'll... They'll tell you that if you, can, if you can just get yourself down on a kid's level and see it through their perspective, it'll allow you to build rapport with them. And you'll greater understand how to teach them if, if you can put yourself on their level. If you can start saying, we will work the problem out together. If you can just, just put yourself and them together and then form a team. It's the same way whenever Christ died for us. And it's the same way whenever we're witnessing to other people. Even though a teacher and a student is is not at the same level intellectually, whenever we begin witnessing the lost people, we were at the same level. We were at the exact same place bound for hell. And if we can't tell someone about Jesus, then we have have something to work on on our end first. If we can't give our testimony to others as a witness for Christ, as a testimony of for this love that God commendeth toward us, then we have something to work on ourselves. All sinners were condemned by Adam and we were all justified by Jesus. One man condemned us all and one God-man saved us all. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Romans in chapter 8. The book of Romans in chapter 8 verse 5 we're given a new standing with God we become justified in Jesus Christ we're given a mission and then we're given a new identity Romans in chapter 8 verse 5 for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace This is even after salvation. If we continue to be carnally minded, if we take this new person and we waste it, then the the term is saved so as by fire. Saved with nothing to show for But if we are spiritually minded, is life and peace. Because a carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man hath not the spirit of God, he is none of his. Because of Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But his spirit is life because of righteousness. Now we've come full circle. We were dead in sin. And now we're alive in Christ. We were carnally minded in sin. And if we'll follow after the the teachings of Christ, if if we will pattern our life according to the Bible and not try to make the Bible fit our life, then we can follow Him in discipleship. We can follow Him and be spiritually minded. And we will not end up, verse 8 is a kicker, so then they that are in flesh cannot please God. We understand that salvation gave us a new life, gave us a new chance. We have an opportunity to take this new life and to become true disciples of Christ. We have an opportunity to become witnesses of him so that we might lay treasures up in heaven, that we might might see a lost and dying world saved. I heard a man say the other day, and and we was having a conversation about all the mess that's going on in the country, and, and I've never seen anything like it. Absolutely crazy, and, and most of it's probably blown out of the water, but a, a lot of this stuff is is, it's just absolutely insane. And he asked me, he said, do you think we got a democratic problem? I said, no, I think we got a church problem. Yes, the riots don't happen in church, but a lot of churches has went downhill in the last several years. And if you think that praying for our country didn't have an influence, and look at where the country has gone in the last several years. If you think that witnessing for Christ hasn't had an influence, look at where our communities have gone in the last several years. If you think that living for Christ and raising kids for Christ is not important, look at the church role and the, the attendance records for 20 years ago. I've never I got never got to see them, but I heard a lot of the old men say that. Revivals used to last two weeks because they had so many people that came, and so they would just extend them out a week. And the invitation song would go through 13 or 14 rounds, and the floors were stained with tears. We don't see very many of that anymore. We don't see very many revivals where you have to bring out chairs, we don't see very many that are standing room only. God gave us a new life upon salvation. But if we're not spiritually fed, that life is not going to flourish. If we don't follow in the teaching of God's word, that life is not going to flourish. And we're going to squander that new life if we're not very, very careful. For they had talked about Sunday school that the the time may be near, and it it may very well be. I don't know. It's all in God's hands. But there's a song, We'll work till Jesus comes. And if we're going to try to be true disciples of Him, if we're going to try to be true witnesses of Him, if we're going to take advantage of the new life and the, the new standing with God that we've been given, then we have to work till Jesus comes. We have to read and study and pray and be faithful and be patient and be forgiven, be gracious to others, be inviting to others, be loving to others, be in caring we have to exhibit the traits of Christ, the love of Christ, not only in our church, not only in our family, but in our world. We'll have a verse of a song. I'd like to offer a verse of invitation if anyone have anything on their heart.